Welcome humans, holograms, human-feline hybrids, and mechanoids to Scuttercast, your one-stop shop to all things Red Dwarf. This week, Episode 2, Future Echoes, original broadcast date, 22nd of February, 1988. Welcome, Scuttercast fans. Before we get started, a quick synopsis on the episode from Nick. Right, in this episode, Lister decides to put himself into stasis for the journey back to Earth, seeing as it will take a few million years. As he's preparing to do so, Red Dwarf finally hits light speed, and then they start seeing future echoes of themselves. Welcome to Scuttercast number two. This is us reviewing future echoes. Um, with me today is Ian, Anthony and Nick. Hello. Hello. And hello. And that was Ian, Nick and Anthony. Just a really mess with your heads. Right, first of all, uh, we, we're going to change things around a little bit. We've had a lot of feedback from the first episode, and thank you very much for that. A lot of constructive criticism. What we're going to do initially, start off with the scores. Me, personally, I think this was probably one of the best in the series. I, personally, am going to give this a 9 out of 10. What about you, Ian? What do you think? Yeah, I think I've gone for a nine as well. It's the first episode winner to feature like time travel, and he that's like the first main concept winner. Do the time travel and all that just really took this episode up up a notch from the other episodes. Being the second episode of series one, I did think it was the strongest episode from the series. Excellent, Anthony. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with a nine as well. It's possibly I don't think it's my favourite from this series, but it's not far off. Uh, yeah, I do. I, I rate this one really do. So, yeah, 9 out of 10. Excellent. And Nick? Yeah, I'll have to go with 9 out of 10. Uh, things got introduced in this episode and this, the characters gelling. Yeah, definitely one of the strongest ones in the series. So, yeah, 9 out of 10. Excellent. Well, that's uh, that's 4 9s out of 10. That's 90%. See, we can do our maths. <laughs> yeah, and we, didn't, and we didn't plan that before we started either. <laughs> yeah, sat here with a pad and pen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, this episode was the first one that had Polly as the hologram, uh, just given the little bit of feedback uh, what happened in the previous episode, which which I loved. It also had the introduction of Talkie Toaster, which does return in future episodes, but you see just how annoying he is. He's not quite as annoying as he is in the other episodes, but he's very good. And also, as Ian mentioned, travelling at the speed of light and seeing, obviously, their future echoes. And the way they actually... Where they did that, I thought it was very clever. Yeah, well, as I said when I gave the score, this was the first episode for me that the cast really gelled together. Okay. Yeah, you see a lot more, not interaction, but they, they seem a lot more comfortable with each other. Yeah, well, yeah they, do, they seem a bit more natural around each other, don't they? Yeah, the yeah. It, was just, it wasn't, it was, I know it's scripted, obviously, but they just seemed to bounce off each other a bit more than they did in the first episode. Well, I mean, that... that with this episode, this was actually shot as episode four, but the directors brought it forward to episode two because they thought it was that strong. Anthony, do you want to say all about it? Yeah, I think there's, there's some fantastic scenes in it. I like the intro scene uh, with the the lisp and the vo- broken vocabulary unit on the uh, food dispenser. Yeah. And I really, I, I know it's got its faults. I've read a list of things that have been done wrong, but you know the scene where. Um, Lister has a conversation with the future Echo of yeah. Rimmer yeah. in the drive room, and that is, 
I know it's got its faults, it's not perfect, you can see the line where they've used split screen, but it, it is, it's, it's a fantastic scene, really well done, you know, okay. and I've, it's, it's simply done, and it's effective. Yeah, it's very clever. Yeah, because I, I think on the Dark Road's commentary, they were saying how Lister was, out, well, Lister, um, Craig Charles was actually having to watch a monitor to see where his position was and everything, uh, which yeah. very clever, I think very effective, especially for back in 1988. You can't really tell either, can you, that he's looking at a monitor? He no. plays that part very well. Yeah. Uh, and I like the um, Holly when he's trying to navigate at light speed and he says, I just can't do it, I just can't cope with this. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like a computer. <laughs> yeah, because go, go blind me, that were a close one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Left a bit, right a bit, straighten it up, that'll do. Yeah, because uh, yeah. he says the line, even with an IQ of 6,000, it's still brown trousers time. Yeah. But... What didn't struck me in this episode, whether I blanked it out or not, was the canned laughter. Did um, I miss it? Was it there? No, it was yeah. still there. I think with it being the fourth episode, I think the audience grasped, just grasped a bit more, didn't they? Yeah, um, I, they did grasp the episode, I guess. And I think, um, yeah, I think they just got used to the sense of humour. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't I, as prevalent think, as it was. I think it might because it is because the episode's so much funnier. You know, it's not a forced laughter, it is a genuine laughter, maybe. Yeah. Right, yeah. I think there's a lot, lot of good one-liners in this episode as well. Yeah. That, um, people who don't, don't just get the Reds off humour, like I've got younger brothers who watch this as well, and they get the one-liners, and they, they're not big Reds off fans. Yeah, sure. i tell you what, what I found very funny in this was just how cynical Rimmer was about Lister's death. Even though it wasn't actually Lister's death, it was, uh, was it Bexley or Jim? Bexley. Bexley. I think it's Bexley, yeah. Bexley, yeah. And that, just how cynical he was saying, um, says, oh, did they get blown up? He says, well, parts of you did. Yeah. <laughs> just things like that. It's just like, you ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where you got to know the Rimmer character, because that's what you get to know in the future episodes. That's He's just a complete and utter bastard, isn't he? So. Yeah, yeah uh, found very good. One of the one-liners, he says... Um, when they were explaining about uh, the future echoes, uh, was all because they were travelling at the speed of light. And he says, "How simple do you want me to explain this?" He says, "Well, so Lister can understand it." <laughs> yeah, very funny. <laughs> yeah, he went, "Oh damn!" <laughs> the um, when Holly first introduces us, he's got an IQ of six thousand. That's the equivalent of six thousand PE teachers. Yeah, it's the equivalent to twelve thousand at my school. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I think that was a running gag all the way through, wasn't it? It was um, parking attendants and, and everybody else that took the, uh, well, ripped the piss out of. Yeah. Yeah, they seem to rip the piss out of a lot of people, don't they? Yeah. Throughout, throughout the series. No, one of the, one of the things I noticed through, through this episode, and probably through series one and two, it's just how pixelated Holly is. Yeah, very. Yeah. He's like, don't you, don't you think he's... Don't you think he's more pixelated, though, when he's struggling to concentrate with the... Um, Yes. Navigating, it's, it seems to, it becomes less pixelated once he says, right, hang on, I'm getting the hang of it, and then it seems to uh, smooth off the image, so I think it's supposed to be, that's where his resources are going into actually yeah. working yeah. out the travelling well, at Um I, I did notice that myself, because, I mean, I've got the original DVD, and I just assumed it was the quality, because I was like, oh god, that looks awful. Yeah, one of my favourite scenes in this episode, though, I've actually got it on now, it's on mute, though, um, okay. is where the, the cat's looking through um, Lister's Photographs. Yeah. I like that scene. Because it's a bit with, with his grandma. Because that's the first yeah, yeah. time that the cat sees a dog. Because sees. Is it a yeah. little pit bull or something? It's pit bull, yeah. Pit, in, yeah. No, English bull terrier, isn't it? 
Is it? I think so. Then with the elongated nose. Rich, I just think it's that good the way Lister introduces the cat to the dogs and makes the cat scared of the dog straight away. Yeah. Like, oh, quite funny, yeah. <laughs> Which, in, in is it Parallel Universe, he actually meets the dog for the first time. It is, yeah. yeah. And, um, teaches the dog how to dance. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, I tell you what I do like in the episode. Um, the way that Lister deals with his own death. I mean, because, like, if anybody, if you know you're going to die, uh, and he's like... I'm going to leave like I came in kicking and screaming. Yeah, with a um, pole. Yeah, <laughs> like you could do anything with it. Uh, but, I mean, I, I was when I was watching it, I was thinking, God, if I was in that situation, I knew I was going to die imminently. I, I don't think I'd have handled it as quite as cool as him. I'd have gone and locked myself somewhere and said, fix your own console. <laughs> I'd have gone straight into uh, I mean, stasis and stayed there. I think I would have went straight to parrots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just stayed there. Um, uh, what notes I've got is back to what we're on about last week about visual effects. Yeah. In the drive room. Yeah. There's the two screens in the background. Yeah. With text rolling up them, whereas like nowadays they'd have had fancy graphics flowing through them. Yeah, sure. And mm. perched on the end of the console and drive room is a red telephone. Yeah, I saw that. I've got a red telephone on a starship. <laughs> well, it's like with most sci-fi films, isn't it? When you look back at the Aliens films, everything's dated, isn't it? You know, it's, yeah. it's set to a specific time, and it's all. Yeah, true. Um, I'm just like you get a furtherment to the uh, actual characters. Although they're, they're well set up in the first episode, yeah. you've got um, Rimmer when he goes jogging by and he stops for a rest, so he doesn't look shagged out, as he says. And <laughs> then he's knocking time off, and he's broke the world record. And it shows how he gets himself and the kids, others around him. It just reinforces that, along with other things that's already been said. You know, where he's his nastiness towards Lister, you know, when he's repeating his hideous, hideous death and yes. so on and so forth. It, it reinforces his his nasty side, his um, self-delusional side. It's, you know, it's all there. It's, it's reinforced in this episode. Yeah, it is a very, very good episode. I've got two other things uh, left to say about it. One is the bit that really makes me chuckle every time I watch this episode is where the scutters hand Lister a note saying don't leave us behind <laughs> and then they just sat there banging their heads against the wall when he says no no I've got to go in the stairs <laughs> I think that's absolutely hilarious and and what about the uh, when Cat turns around he's got his uh, he's told he can't take his racks of clothing in with him to his stasis yeah and he says two suits. And he goes, two suits? Can I take three? Cut off my leg and take three? You know, it's absolutely hilarious. Two suits yes. is dead. <laughs> That's right. He can't even hold three fingers up. He can't count. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a very character-driven episode, I think. Yeah. yeah. And just the final thing for me is old Lister on the bed when he's, um, is it 171, I think? 171, yeah. And he's just laying on the bed and he's talking. Um, obviously, he's doing the future echo thing. What I'm thinking, though, is with this new episode coming out, how does that affect the Red Dwarf timeline? Because surely he's not 171 and still on Red Dwarf if they make mm. it back to Earth. Well, the way I look at it is um, they've visited so many different dimensions, haven't they, that they've created maybe an alternate dimension themselves. Yeah, that's by... a valid point, yeah. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. That's the same way I look at it. You've got to see it as they're in different dimensions. They've skipped here, skipped there. It, it's, mm. Everything's different now. Yeah, true.
Well that was the end of the episode review section. The next section coming up is what's going down in Groovestown, where we discuss everything Red Dwarf. After a quick word from our sponsors. Sheridan here, go ahead. Commander Sheridan, I say come here. Follow Commander David Sheridan as the Babylon 5 story is continued. Do you know how much we trust you? It's less than you imagine. With old friends. Always sleep with a knife under your pillow, eh? new enemies. Half human, half Minbarium bombardment. Just like me. It's time for Noble Babylonia. There is talk of a super weapon. Join the audio adventure. Left behind by the shadows. At Novo-B.com. All right, dudes. What's going down in Groove Town, then? Well, they said, didn't they, Rob and Doug? said that they don't believe in um, cliffhangers, so they just take it as it comes, don't they? That's the way I watch epi- episodes. Yeah, sure. I just watch, watch an episode for what it is. You don't pay attention to the previous episode. It's That's like the, the, old, the old original smeg-ups and smeg-outs, you know, when they've got Crichton trying to explain why Lister's got two scars, you know, appendix scars and so on, and he just turns around to the camera and says, look, we screwed up, you know, it's a programme, what do you want? You know, <laughs> and it's, it's pretty much there. I just shrug and think, right, fair enough. Yeah, uh, I think that's the thing. It's just not to be taken too seriously, is it? Um, I mean, there are some people who watch um, a sci-fi episode and analyse everything, all in continuities. But I think that's one of the charms of Red Dwarf. Eh? They don't really care. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely the charm of Red Dwarf. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you listen to the director's commentary um, on well, most of the episodes, at least season one and season two, Craig Charles and Danny John Jules are either hung over or lit. <laughs> yeah, have you watched the, the commentary? I've just watched the commentary before. To them. That's what they're saying, Craig and Danny. They're saying they were constantly, constantly late. Yeah. Uh, they even missed the flight, didn't they, for the episode, before the episode was started filming. They even missed the flight. I know. Uh, so then they were made to take coaches everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool, <that. laughs> Well, Danny was late, late from the word go, wasn't he, really? Yeah, because wasn't he an hour late to his, his interview in the first place? Yeah, well, that's what he said. He done it on purpose, didn't he? Yeah. Wasn't Norman Lovin? Didn't he audition for the role of Rimmer? I do believe so, yeah. I've heard that rumour. Um, yeah, because Chris Barry also went for the the job of Lister. But to be honest, I, I'm, he couldn't have played anybody but Rimmer. He, he was born yeah. to be Rimmer. You just, could, you just couldn't pitch to the episodes now with Chris Barry playing Lister, could you? No, no, not at all. Yeah, according to good old internet, Norman Lovett did try out for Rimmer. Yeah, yeah, I thought he did. He looks a bit too old to play a Lister, doesn't he? Or Rimmer, yeah. sorry. He, yeah. he does, but I, I suppose he could do that military kind of guy. I guess we'll never know. No, we'll never know. Especially when he's not coming back for the episode, is he, the new ones? Norman Lovett? Well, it doesn't look like he is anyway. No, because um, I was reading Norman's blog, and I think he just got letters saying they were doing some budget cuts, and unfortunately yeah. he wouldn't be being brought back, which I thought was a the, little bit harsh. Well, they, they told him, I think they told him to hang on, don't make any plans, hang on. So they kept him hanging on and hanging on, and then eventually, last minute, turned around and said, ah, don't want you. Yeah. And he, uh, the impression I get from his blog is that he was actually a bit bitter by that. He were, yeah. You know, they said that it was due to budget cuts, and he says, to be fair, he says, I didn't get paid that much anyway. So, yeah, he, I think he were a bit uh, annoyed by it. Yeah, well, they couldn't have been budget cuts, could they? Because they've hired a new member, haven't they? Yeah. So if you want to come in, is it? That's the one, yeah. Right, Red Dwarf. If you've been anywhere near the forums, Red Dwarf Forum, or any of the other 
leading forums out there, you'll find there's a lot of Red Dwarf news going down this week. A lot of it's coming from Dave. I think probably the best man to tell you about this will be Ian. Oh, if I get last on this part, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're the one that brings all the news to the forum, so... I'm, I'm well, thinking about writing to Dave myself and thinking, hang on a sec, I should get your job here. <laughs> well, I've got the guy's email address if you want it, so... <laughs> What? No, mind you, he did, he did post a good update before. It caused a bit of a stare on the internet, that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I um, believe there's, there's new footage. Um, there's a seven-minute documentary just being posted as well. You have to find it. Like You have to go through a few a few links to find it. And um, you get given a code. You email the code. Um, put your code in. And you get another link to another site. And there's a seven-minute documentary on there. But I think I think it's part of the making, the making of the documentary that they're going to show anyway. But it all looks very good. I mean, to be honest, when I initially saw all the shots, uh, well, I think as I said in the last one, I thought they did look old and out of character, but every shot I look at now, I'm just thinking, oh, God, I cannot wait for this to be on the telly. Yeah. So is it just me, or is it every time you see a new picture, they look a bit younger than they did in the previous picture? <laughs> yeah, that, that's either going to be a very good lens yeah. or <laughs> Photoshop. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree. I've, I've looked at it, and I've thought they're starting to look more and more like they, they did, you know, years ago. It's... Um, it is. It's coming along really well, and I think the initial promotion shots that they took, they've uh, obviously done a lot more um, in the makeup room for them. Yeah, sure. Yeah. After that, are you getting used to how they look now? So, just to recap, when are they going to be on telly? Um, nine o'clock on mm. Good Friday. Yeah. On, on Dave TV, and then another one shown on Saturday night, another one shown on Sunday, and then all three shown on the Monday evening. Yeah, they're making off on the Monday as well, isn't it? It, it is, yeah. I'm not sure if they're making up before or, or if it's after the three episodes. I'm still debating whether to watch them individually on the three nights or just wait till the Monday and watch them back to back. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, but I, I know. Could you be sitting in your house knowing there's new Red Dwarf on your telly and not watch it? <laughs> no, That's, no. Yeah, I don't think I could. No. I am quite curious to see because there's a lot of shots of the Starbug car. Yeah. Oh, that Carbug. Car, car, car yeah. 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 Which is a little bit bizarre, and I'm not sure how they're going to work that in. But I mean, I'm, I'm well, sure. the, have you seen the latest on the um, that Dave TV's posted today on on the making of the shots of him actually? Uh, you know, we said it looks like they're going to be recording on Coronation Street. Yeah, sure. Well, there's there's shots of them actually walking out of the Rovers' return and walking down Coronation Street. So I don't know if it's going to be alternative reality or if they're just going to incorporate. Coronation Street into the same universe as Red Dwarf or what? Well, hopefully in six million years' time, Coronation Street will exist. Well, hopefully not, anyway. I'm, I'm still very interested to see what they're going to do with the timeline, because, I mean, it is... I, I can only guess they go through some kind of temporal timeline type thing and get back a similar kind of time. Because three million... Uh, sorry, six million years of evolution, a lot's going to happen in that time. Well, I think that's the idea of the, the hologram. Katrina into it, yeah, because she's meant to be science officer, is she? Or I'm not sure. Along, she's something along them lines, isn't she? So maybe she found a way of getting back to the 21st yeah. century. It's possible, yeah. Mm. I mean, it's red to off. You never know, do you? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Well, from reading the synopsis posted on the Dave site that they've actually took down, now it does seem a bit like back to reality or better than life they're the first two things I thought of when I first read the synopsis yeah it's very possible I mean I'm, I'm actually halfway through um, better than life at the moment 
and didn't realise um, until I read the book just how big Better Than Life was. I don't know if you've if you've now gone through the books because I know I think you both got them, haven't you? Yeah, I had the I got them off iTunes a couple of, um, couple of months ago. Yeah. It's just a backwards one, and um, what's the other one called? Um, the Last Human. Human. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only ones I needed. Yeah, um, but I mean, Better Than Life is it, absolutely massive, and I don't think the episode does it justice, to be honest, because it's so, it's so big. Yeah, well, it's only like half an episode, really, that they're in Better Than Life, isn't it? Yeah, and then you just see it going a bit pear-shaped, but the, the book itself, that, well, that, it's a full book with them in there, and, and also the end of Infinity Welcomes Careful Drivers. I think discussing the book's probably another episode, but fantastic. Have you seen like I don't know. No, I ain't got the books. I'm looking into getting them and reading them. But no, I've never read the books. Yeah, well, as I said, I'll I'll get them to you. I know I know I said on the last one that I'd get them <laughs> to you, but I'm slack. Sorry. <laughs> I've spent all week editing. Give me a break. <laughs> I had one yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, I've got um got another synopsis, but I don't know if it's one we've already had on the forum or not. Okay. I'm just I'm just looking at it now. It's to do with Lister having uh, losing his memory when they come back to Earth and uh, so on and so forth. I, 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 I've got a feeling we might, but it looks like it might be Bull actually. Okay. Well, thinking of that, well, the update that was posted today. I don't know if you want to put out a, spo- a spoiler warning here, just in case. But um, the website that you were linked to was um, described about the cast being separated when they got to Earth and they couldn't find Lister. Okay. Along when you yeah, when you listen to it, you've got um, there's a message from Jupiter on the. This is the actual Dave promotion clips, isn't it? There's yeah. a message. You've you've seen the message from um, Jupiter for um, which is Rimmer asking Crichton, "Where have you gone? What have you left me here for?" Yeah. And then apparently he's headed to Earth to try and find Dave. Find and it's yeah, it's it's at the moment you can't make head or tail of what's happening. It's you're no. guessing, but I've, I've got a feeling we're deliberately. Well, next update's tomorrow, and it looks like mm. it might be a daily thing, so uh, I don't know whether to keep chasing them up or let it be a surprise on the day to what. Yeah, that's what I keep thinking. I keep checking the updates, and I keep thinking to myself after, after I've done it, oh, I wish I'd never done that now. Yeah, I'd rather yeah. just sometimes just watch the episode and... Yeah. Yeah. You won't. You won't be waiting till Monday night. <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> well, I, I plan. Well, what I want to do is go to that Egbert Farms party. It's not far from where I live, so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I did post on the forum, but I don't think everyone lives a bit too far away to come up, don't they? So. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm I'm a little bit too far away now. I I used to be quite close, uh, as you can probably tell from the accent, but um, I'm now down in the Midlands. So. Yeah. Have you got the wedding on Saturday too? Yeah, that that interferes my with my red dwarf watching, which is unfortunate. You wait, ten, you, you wait ten years to watch a new episode, and the wedding comes up. <laughs> I know, how unlucky! <laughs> <laughs> I wish I, I got the announcement before I accepted the invitation. <laughs> I might have to book a surprise weekend away for at uh, Southport, and we can call in then. Yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> Should be good. This section of the podcast is called Parrot's Bar. It's where we all sit around and just have a chat. I tell you what, I bet Twitter for stalkers is like a dream come true. They don't even have to leave their own homes now to stalk. You, you mean there's, there's people like that out there? 
Yeah, but where Jack and Andrew is tonight? <laughs> <laughs> he's he's heard of a carpool going down. <laughs> <laughs> is that like dogging? <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, there, you, there you go, go Stan go. Collymore for the next one. <laughs> could be worse, could have been robot sex again. Every forum, I'm telling you, every forum. <laughs> <laughs> that is an issue, lad, I'm telling you. Yeah, you have to sort that one out, I think. You can have some more of them, um, what was your on last time? Um, the fruit snake bites. Oh, yeah, what was that? When, when we had the um, Twitter party. We ought to uh, we ought to actually tell people to keep an eye open for us on Twitter, having a bit of a, um, a, bit of a knees up. Yeah, that was a very strange evening. Um, everybody yeah. just happened to be in front of Twitter um, while drinking and for those who weren't there or didn't see it basically the three of us just got drunk <laughs> and just, the... just just a little bit <laughs> it were a, a proper online party wasn't it it was very strange yeah um, Mr Rora himself he was having some kind of weird snake bite with fruit juice I've got, got can <laughs> now it were um, cans of um... oh what's it called now Str- Magnus, were you? Magnus, that's it. Cans of Magnus, and Magnus should never be drunk out of a can. I don't know where they came from. No, it's out of that, okay. And I'd got some uh, cheap lager in as well. I can't remember what lager I'd got. And I ended up mixing them and then putting summer fruits because we'd run out of black current in. And it were, yes, they like <laughs> black of the Twitter. <laughs> I think you should name that one because I don't think anyone's come up with that one before. <laughs> you could call it The Stud Farm. <laughs> it's a it's a headache giver. I know that much. Some of you up with a headache in that morning. Yeah, yeah. I know why I did. Yeah, well, I I remember what, um you posted like a Twitter at six o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I was. Made, <laughs> it was something like I've just made my back my way back to my cruise quarters. I'm off to bed now. Because I woke up and it says I posted like two hours ago, and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, I think I was, I was having a drink with Ori, I think, and it was getting a bit late, and then I don't know where I was, and the next thing I looked, it was six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that can happen. Yeah, I thought I had to, I, never mind, eh? I thought I was going to wake up with a traffic cone or something. <laughs> Uh, podcast this week, my recommendation, I'm going to go with Geek Out Loud. I've, I've been on their forum, it's a friendly place, it's just generally, the the host, he produce, he normally presents it on his own. I don't think podcasts normally work with a solo presenter, but he's, he is one of two podcasts I can listen to where I can listen to him on his own, and just recently he's actually been having lots of guest hosts with him, which only makes it better, um, so Geek Out Loud, um, basically it's uh, Superman, it's Lost, it's, it's Geek Out about anything you want, it's somewhere he wants people to feel safe, you, you won't be slated for anything unless it's to do with vampires falling in love, Geek Out Loud. If you want to download the podcast, you can get that at Podbean, um, if you search on Podbean, Scottercast, you'll find us there. You can get the enhanced edition, which what we try to do is the review section will add some photos as well to give you a little bit more visuals in there. Or if you just want it in the MP3 edition, there's also the MP3 edition as well. You can get them both from Podbean, or if you go onto the redwarfforum.com on the front page, there's links there where you can get the direct links for. We're also on iTunes as well, so if you search for Scuttercast on there, 
finally, if you do have any comments or you'd like us to drop your little ad in there instead of using uh, Nova B, please feel free to drop me an email. That's scuttercast at reddwarfforum.com. We will be producing show notes for this one and also the previous one, so that all information's there. And it's not scatter, it's scutter. <laughs> yeah, and it's with, with a C. Yeah, it's yeah. scuttercast with a C. We know that in Red Dwarf, scutter is spelled S-K. However, after a lot of discussion before the previous one, we decided that S-C actually looked better. So anybody that's a little bit confused why we've spelt it wrong, we haven't actually spelt it wrong, that is deliberate. If people want to follow us on Twitter, it's Red Dwarf Forum, all one word. There you'll get the latest updates for Scuttercast and any updates we have to the forum itself. Finally, I'd just like to thank Mike Seymour um, for popping onto the forum. Just say hi. And thanking us for the episode. Um, hopefully, more of you do the same. Right, the next podcast we're doing is episode three, which is Balance of Power. So, we'll see you then. Yep, see you next week. All right, see ya. See ya.